0: Brought to you by Charity Mobile, the phone company that sends 5% of your monthly plan price to your favorite charity. No contracts, nationwide coverage, risk-free guarantee. Learn more at CharityMobile.com. You may have heard a story that's making the rounds at the moment. A survey was completed by a good Catholic organization that purports to show that Catholics no longer trust their bishops on average. I actually have some issues with how this survey is being talked about and how it was conducted, but the survey does show at least one thing. We have good reason to not trust most of the bishops, because when this story started getting serious traction in the news, it was announced that at least one high-profile bishop, who was also on the list of least trusted bishops from that survey, has said that Catholics should join forces with an organization that the Catholic Church had until the last few decades Formally opposed being associated with, had actually warned Catholics against being associated with, much to the chagrin of our rulers. A saintly pontiff warned against being involved in any such organization because it had only one purpose, to bury the Catholic faith, and replace it with a false theology that only leads essentially to Satan. We'll go over that story today, and in general we'll talk about why most of the bishops aren't really trusted by those who are awake to the crisis in the church. So let's start with that survey. Complicit Clergy is a project of the Lepanto Institute, and I typically have nothing but positive things to say about both organizations. And in general, I think this was a well-meaning survey that they conducted. But it falls short because of how it was conducted. So here's the story. Headline from Complicit Clergy. Survey says Catholics don't trust their bishops. Okay, this survey began making news on Monday, but it had been published a full week before that. Somehow, everyone, myself included, missed this important story last week. And it's important because it shows that generally people don't seem to trust their bishops. But I do have a caveat for it, and I'll mention it after I explain the findings. Let's take a look at what complicit clergy said they were doing. Quote, Complicit clergy recently invited people to respond to a simple survey asking two questions. One, how much do you trust your bishop? And two, what is your personal opinion of your bishop's orthodoxy, defined as consistency with the teachings of the Catholic Church? End quote. They then provide a scoring scale for each question on a 0-5 to five scale, with 0 being complete distrust and 5 being complete trust, and most of the bishops fall somewhere in like the 3-point range, which is not good. Now, I mentioned I had a caveat, meaning my hang-up with the survey, and it is this. The vast majority of complicit clergy readers don't trust their bishop. That's why they read complicit clergy. That is what the survey actually finds. See, the article explicitly states that complicit clergy invited people themselves to take the survey, and the giveaway is that they had nearly 5,800 people take it. Now, you may think that's good—that more is good—and in general, it is. But anyone trained in statistical analysis will tell you that for a good survey, of even a trying to project what millions of people might believe, all you really need to have to be accurate is at least 1,200 people taking the survey from a suitable diverse swath of the population. It's why political polls can be accurate if they're not slanted in how they're handled, which is incidentally, by the way, why political polls haven't been accurate in years. They're purposely biased by design. They tend to ask a lot more members of one party than another, claiming they they base it off of how people are registered. But complicit clergy's readership isn't going to exactly represent the typical pew-sitting Catholic, many of whom mostly seem to trust their bishop these days and take what they say at face value. And I'm not saying complicit clergy survey is purposely biased. I'm saying if you ask the readers of a website that are obviously awake to there being a crisis in the church, these kinds of questions, you're going to get some, frankly, predictable results. And the results were, in fact, predictable. The most trusted bishops in America are apparently Bishop Strickland, Archbishop Cordeleone, Archbishop Alexander Sample, and Bishop Lopez of the Anglican Ordinariate. Of the three, the one that confuses me the most is Lopez, who has said some rather odd things about the traditional mass in the past and hasn't exactly been the strongest friend of tradition. But the least trustworthy or orthodox bishops are all familiar names if you've been watching my videos for a while. Wilton Gregory, Joseph Tobin, Bishop Stowe, and Cardinals McElroy and Supich. Nothing surprising there. And why should the list of worst bishops be surprising? Right when the story began making waves across the internet, we got this story. Headline from National Catholic Reporter. A throng of interfaith leaders is focusing on combating authoritarianisms at global gathering in Chicago. That's an odd way of describing what's happening. Chicago is hosting the World Parliament of Religions. Once upon a time, the Catholic Church refused to take part in such things, explicitly this organization, because to do so placed the Catholic Church on equal footing with other claims to knowledge about God and salvation. No man comes to the Father save through me, says our blessed Lord. Plus, you don't exactly rub shoulders with people who you claim follow demons. See, that's a general life rule we should all agree on, and the church formally teaches through the Psalms and through some of the writers of the the New Testament that all the gods of the Gentiles are devils. Who do you think they're talking about? The Synodal Church tries to get around those inerrant words of sacred scripture, and the popes of the new religion have allowed veneration of demon idols in Assisi, and of course, the Pacamama incident from a few years ago. But this article is a prime example of why Cupich made the list of least orthodox and least trustworthy bishops in America. Quote, More than 6,000 people representing scores of religions and belief systems are expected to convene in Chicago starting August 14th for what organizers bill as the world's largest gathering of interfaith leaders. For the parliament of the world's religions, the week-long event marks a return to its roots. The organization was founded in Chicago in 1893. In the past 30 years, it has convened six times, most recently in Toronto in 2018. This year's theme, a call to conscience, defending freedom and human rights, with a focus on combating authoritarianism around the world, because of course, topics on the agenda include the alleged temperature problem, human rights, food insecurity, disliking other people because of the appearance of their flesh, and women's rights. We will take a stand for the rights we're all at risk of losing, said the Reverend Stephen Avino, the organization's executive director. Scheduled speakers include UN Secretary General Antonio Guterres, former US House Speaker Lady Moloch, Illinois Gen- Attorney General Kwame Raul, and attorney, or actor rather, Rain Wilson. The keynote speaker will be Chicago Mayor Brandon Johnson. <laughs> End quote. That sounds like the programming and guest list for the DNC. No mention of Catholic bishops, right? Well, buried at the very bottom of the article, though, is this. None other than Chicago's own Cardinal Blaise Cupich, my sleeper candidate for the worst possible successor for Francis, other than maybe Cardinal Hollerich. He's in attendance and is going to be speaking on this very subject himself, because of course he is. Not only that, Supich wants you to attend the proceedings of this gathering of false gospel purveyors. Quote, Cardinal Blaise Supich, the Catholic Archbishop of Chicago, is among the scheduled speakers this week. He has been urging Catholics in the Archdiocese to engage in the event, saying it is in harmony with key priorities of Pope Francis. Well, that's true. <laughs> the gathering is an opportunity to live out the Holy Fathers, teaching that a core part of our identity as Catholics involves building friendship between members of different religious traditions, Supich said in a message to the Archdiocese last month. Through our sharing of spiritual and ethical values, we get to know one another, end quote. You know, in the early days of return to tradition, I called Cardinal supich a friend of the channel because I covered him so much in those days. It was a joke, of course, one I had to stop telling, because a lot of people tend not to get my very British dry delivery of bad jokes. Supage is, of course, wrong. Wrong to tell people to work with those who are devoted to demons, and wrong to say that we share spiritual and ethical values with those who follow demons. <laughs> Again, all the gods of the Gentiles are devils. That's Psalm 95.5, Sacred Scripture, can't be wrong about that. So, you know, in the modern world, it's possibly the hardest in teaching of all teachings in the church, because when you understand what it means, it means you can't simply go along with the flow of the culture to get along. You Can't be lukewarm. You can't be, you know, libertarian about these things. You can't be all about group hugs and kumbaya with those who practice what sacred scripture clearly tells us is evil. And let's not make any mistake about it. The subject list for this so-called parliament meeting is evil. It's right out of the playbook of the secular rulers' programming notes. It's, frankly, most of everything they want to force upon everyone. But it's here, under the guise of essentially a vague spirituality that makes no hard demands on people. Other than to make sure you have the right political allegiances. (laughs) And so I'm going to close this one out with words of warning from Pope St. Pius X. In his encyclical, Nostra Charge Apostolique, released in the first decade of the 20th century, the saintly pontiff warned against this kind of ecumenical dialogue, because it is designed to lead to the establishment of a single, all-dominating religion for all mankind that is meant to replace the Catholic Church and the Catholic faith. The one true faith is the Catholic faith, and the one true church is the Catholic Church. It's a claim every religion makes, and, you know... It's just true for us, and that's the only, it is the only place men can truly find God. Remember that, as St. Pius X predicted all this more than a century ago, quote, And now overwhelmed with the deepest sadness, we ask ourselves, venerable brethren, what has become of the Catholicism of the Salon? Alas, this organization which formerly afforded such promising expectations, this limpid and impetuous stream, has been harnessed in its course by the modern enemies of the Church and is now no more than a miserable affluent of the great movement of apostasy being organized in every country for the establishment of an all-encompassing alternative church, which shall have neither dogmas nor hierarchy nor discipline for the mind nor curb for the passions, and which, under the pretext of freedom and human dignity, would bring back to the world if such a church could overcome the reign of legalized cunning and force, and the oppression of the weak, and of all those who toil and suffer. We know only too well the dark workshops in which are elaborated these mischievous doctrines which ought not to seduce clear-thinking minds. End quote. The Catholicism of the Cylon was a, essentially uh, modern progressive Catholicism. And he practically heard him say what the schemes of those at that parliament of religions were trying to work for, Under all the topics they work for is one solution, power over people that goes beyond trying to curb the passions and appetites like the faith actually strives for. The curbing of freedom is the real program for that so-called parliament under the guise of loving our neighbor. Given that most of the bishops will be silent on this, and that the least trusted bishop in America is claiming that we have a duty to go to this meeting because we... uh, (laughs) Can't even say this without laughing. We apparently share spiritual and ethical values with those the Psalms tell us follow demons. Are you surprised that those who are aware that there is something wrong in the church have no trust in most of the bishops? Also, do you agree that the survey design is flawed? To really answer that question accurately, you probably got to be trained in statistical analysis, but a lot of people actually are. Now, my solution to that would be to, ha- to design a survey and then raise funds to have an independent polling firm ask Catholics from across the country these questions. Which is how these things typically are done when they have reasonably accurate results. Let me know in the comments what you think of all this, please. And, uh, like and subscribe if you haven't. It does help. So to share this on social media, that helps too. As always, pray for the Church. Especially those going to that Parliament thing. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.